welcome once again to Captain Devils, your number one live podcast. We hope that by the end of the show, you will be more connected to the Lord uh, than you were before you tuned in. I mean, he said in his word, John chapter 15, uh, verse 5, he says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And really what we want to do here at Cabin Devils is to remain connected uh, with the Lord, whatever means possible, without any physical boundaries, without any national boundaries, without any language boundaries. And uh, so we can grow together. Welcome once again. Let me ask you once again to invite your friends uh, for Cabin Devils. Let them know that we are live. Just tap that button with an arrow pointing outward and let your friends know that we are live. Did you know that uh, the top five reasons why people drop out of church, the number one, at least for those who are aged between the age of 23 and 30, is when they moved to university, they dropped out of church. The simple act of moving to the university they just simply dropped out of church. That point in time when you're crossing over from high school to university can be very crucial. But the other reason, which is 32% of those who dropped out of church, um, the members say that fellow church members seemed judgmental or hypocritical. That is why they dropped out. 29% of those who dropped out said, I didn't feel connected to the people in my church. Hmm. 25% said, I disagreed with the church stance on political and social issues. Then 24% said, my work responsibilities prevented me from attending. My work responsibilities prevented me from attending. I want to believe that if we were to do this survey again, we would find that that last one right there, 24%, reason number four, I mean number, number five, where people are talking about work responsibilities may actually rank number one why we dropped out of church. Why? Because church for the majority of us has gone online, but also work for the majority of us has gone online. And so when it comes to the weekend, you want a time to be away from the screen. And so let's just watch out for some of those reasons why we might be dis courage about the things of God. But it is also said that those who stayed saw the church as an important part of their entire life. When asked why they stayed in church, more than half say the church was a vital part of their relationship with God, which is 56%, and that they wanted the church to help guide their decisions in everyday life. Now, here at Cabin Devils, like I shared with you before, we are only providing an opportunity to stay connected with the Lord, minus physical boundaries, no matter what church you attend. Like you'll see, in a couple of minutes, we are going to be learning from a church in Nairobi, Kenya, as we are joined by Pastor Sam Ithiga. Our topic for tonight is a Christian guy's boring. But let's not mistake boredom with a genuine devotion to Christ. And today we are going to draw a line. It's going to be a very, very clear line. In the comments, please go ahead and let me know what are the characteristics of boring Christian guys. I, I did look up a couple of uh, 
uh, comments by several ones. And I can't pronounce this girl's name. I think her name is Temi Top, something like that, Okowole. It sounds like West Africa or something like that. But she said, I could say a big yes when asked the question, are Christian guys boring? She said, I could say a big yes. And I got this from the website called, I think, Cora. It says, based on my experience and people I have met who have experienced Christian dating, I would conclude that 85% of Christian men are boring. (laughs) 85 is a huge number. And she says, and they don't even know it. Worse still, their partners can't even tell them the truth about it because some think it is supposed to be like that. Others aren't even sure what it should be like. The problem is usually because of man-made doctrines and the unnecessary restrictions placed on them rather than what God actually thinks. And she says, I mean, it is ideal that there shouldn't be sex before marriage, but still there are thousands of other things one could enjoy while dating. Now, although there are more enlightened Christian men who are very excited to be with and uh, don't necessarily turn every conversation into a sermon without compromising their faith. And before we can hear from Pastor Sam, let me read for you a comeback from a gentleman called David Kugel. He says, Maybe, but the world's standards, we are boring. I, I don't, I don't, he says, I don't do many things, many of the things the world considers fun and normal. And with some of them says gamble, use drugs or alcohol, engage in extramarital sex or watch movies or TV programs, not edifying. I know Many Christian men who do these things, and it's not my job to judge them. My passion is knowing Christ and making him known to all. I'm striving to live for eternity, not for the present. I want to make my life count for God. I suppose many people would consider that boring. Now, Pastor Sam, uh, we have you here on a very, very tough topic. Uh, This whole week is going to be tough and uh, we want to get to know you before we can listen to you, Pastor Sam. Uh, we might have met in person uh, if you were at uh, Vanessa's wedding. But my clearest memories are the correspondences over WhatsApp that go back years ago before you took away my side gig with that website at, uh, at Jawabu. But we have so much in common. I'm sure you love media. You have some background with IT and you're a pastor. I do love media. In fact, right now we are constructing our website, cabindevils.com, which I believe is going to be one of those very, one of the best websites, I want to say, because it has eternity in mind. It has Christians in mind in wanting everyone to grow in their work. And our goal is really that every Christian who is a member of Devils will live their best every day for the glory of God. But Pastor Sam, greet the listeners. And as you do that, share with us, before we get into the topic, share with us, as as you just introduced yourself to us, share with us the best advice you've ever received. Pastor Sam. Um, Yes, so hi, everyone. As you've heard, my name is uh, Pastor Sam, which you could call me Sam. I think many of my friends just call me Sam, and I'm cool with that. Uh, so I'm married to one Twidley, 
uh, Ithiga now for 11 years. Hmm. Uh, and then fun, fun fact about Twidley is that she, she taught uh, the little kids at Word of Life uh, Academy in Uganda for two years. Uh, and uh, so together we have two children. The firstborn is called Tendo, which is, uh, I think, a Ugandan name. I think it means uh, praise, if I'm not wrong. And our second uh, child is called Nia. That's mm. a, so a son and a daughter. Uh, here in Kenya, we do have uh, a meal called Githeri, which is just maize and beans. So whenever you have maize and beans on your plate, it's a balanced diet. So we say, you know, boy and a girl, that's a balanced, it's a balanced meal right there. And we've left it at that. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying not to. I'm trying not to interrupt. But when you mentioned Githeri, I couldn't hold my. <laughs> I have difficulty eating that thing, man. It's <laughs> well, it's triple diet out here. One of the things about Uganda is that you guys have good food and variety, and yeah. So don't laugh at us. <laughs> don't laugh at us. <laughs> Uh, what else can I say? So yeah, I've 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 been in ministry for from uh, 2010, uh, working in Mamlaka Hill Chapel, where I still mm. serve today. Mm. And uh, yes, I do love media, and that's where we connected with you, uh, David. Uh, yeah, so that's I think as far as introduction goes. Mm. Uh, I know on the poster you said that I'm the media pastor. I'm I'm no longer the media pastor. So we have different uh, campuses mm. in our church. So I lead now one campus. So so that's what I do. But I on the side, I just do media things just for fun. So the best advice right. I've ever received. Mm-hmm. That's a very random one. I think I've received so many. Uh, <laughs> oh, I've received a lot. But uh, one that I've said has helped my marriage is uh, there's a gentleman called Pastor Noel O'War. Mm. Uh, Noel O'War, I think he, he at one point was working with the navigators uh, in Uganda. And, and he, he's a friend of ours. And he told me, or he's, I was in a forum where he shared this with me and I've told him it has really helped me in my marriage. He told us, you know, when it comes to relationships and conflict resolution, we must first uh, reconcile before you try to resolve any issue, reconcile first. And I've tried to put that into practice in the 11 years of my marriage and I can tell you that stuff works. Don't try to resolve anything before reconciling. Don't try to resolve any beef, any issue when you're still fighting, you know, you need to be reconciled first and wow, saved my marriage, I can say that. Amen, thanks. Thanks man for yeah. joining us with us uh, today. Um, it's. I believe it's going to be interesting as we begin to just break down these things. Very, very difficult, interesting, controversial, all at the same time. And uh, but well, the the pastor, the media pastor uh, title, I got that from Mamlaka Hill. Uh, yes, Chapel yes, yes. Website. I saw that. I and, saw uh, that. I saw that. Yeah. I think someone is getting fired. They forgot to update the website. But yeah, that's okay. It's, it's one of those pages that. Uh, <laughs> You don't delete. You know, it's, there's some pages that are not live, but if you search, mm-hmm. you'll still find them. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. lost in there. Yeah. With the archives. That's okay. Mm-hmm. But well, um, let's get right into our topic for tonight. 
What's your take on boring Christian guys? Have you ever been called boring? I know, I know Kenyan girls can be boring. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it's common to be told such things. Uh, mm. In fact, when you say that you want people to tell you in what ways, you know, uh, Christians can be boring. In fact, uh, that's what I wanted to see. And, you know, like define boring. You know, what do you mean by saying boring? You know, I feel like it's very subjective and different people would have different things to say about it. Um and so it, it's an interesting question. Can Christians be boring? Yes, I agree with the answer that you gave there at first, that they can. Uh, we have the potential, you know, but of course we need to hear more. You know, what do they, uh, what do they describe as boring? Uh, which reminds me of, uh, you know, there's a, there's a Tanzanian uh, member of parliament who was famous, at least in Kenya, for, for, for asking a question, I don't know whether it did it trended in Uganda as it did here in Kenya. You know, in these days, uh, when somebody says something, uh, so instead of asking them the question, where did you hear that? You know, we ask, and it came from TZ. So that's what I wanted to ask, you know, you know Christians, Christians are wapi. Mm. Which means, where did you hear that? Who told you mm. that? Mm. And I know most times it's because we are reading, we 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 are reading a, a script from somewhere, you know. And it could mm. be Hollywood. You know, we do spend a lot of time watching the movies. We do spend time watching these telenovelas, you know, the soap operas. You know, where Alejandro mm. flowers to Sjuhu, uh, you know, and 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 so we we using narrative uh, that is choreographed. Uh, and then we are trying to impact, you know, into the real world and subjecting poor Christian fellows, you know, who are not actors, who are just real, ordinary uh, guys, you know, to some, some standards and a script that we are reading from somewhere else. And I think we do need to interrogate, what do you mean when we say boring? Are we reading a script from somewhere else? Uh, so that um, adjust... We yeah, adjust our expectations. For now, for, for now, Pastor Sam, let's take let's take Quincy's uh, uh, comment when she said they don't state their intentions. They 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 walk around the wall of Jericho for days, <laughs> hoping that the wall will drop. Um, <laughs> well, you can't fault brothers for being biblical. You know? <laughs> um. Well, I, I don't know whether then you would consider that to be boring uh, or, or, or slow or uh, not clear. That's a clarity issue, probably not a issue. But uh, in a situation like that, uh, I guess the lady, you have probably something that you could do about it. You know, you could either ask the brother, hey, what's your intention? Or what are we? What is this? You mm. know, you hang around me so much. You keep chatting me up on uh, WhatsApp until late night. It now, state your intentions. I'm, I'm going to go off the script here a little bit. And usually when that happens, you have an extra 15 minutes on top of the show. But yeah. someone in my house right now, who is right now my wife, uh-huh. said the same thing. Uh-huh. Um, said, hey, man, what's going on? Do you have feelings for me? I, I'm making yeah. phone calls and I seem to be buying airtime to make more uh-huh. phone calls. Uh-huh. And I confess my feelings. It uh-huh. didn't end well. Um, <laughs> because when I returned the same question, um, yeah. do you have feelings for me? She said, no. I yeah. said, what? 
Um, so what did you ask? Why did you ask if, if, if there was nothing? So I asked her yeah. why. And, and, and she said, I'm still young. I'm still young. Of course, you can fast forward 15 years later. We have three yeah. kids. But that was a very difficult thing to do, uh, to answer yeah. to. But anyway, please um, go ahead. What would you say to a lady who thinks Christian guys are boring because they don't do the things that the world guys do or the exciting stuff? If you if you would say some of which could be compromising, some of which not necessarily. But yeah, what would you say? Uh, I, I think I would tell um, I would tell the lady to uh, to interrogate to interrogate uh, where this is coming from. These feelings of boring. You know, and uh, I think just let me let me let me share an example. Like uh, when when God came into the Garden of Eden, you know, and He was looking for Adam and Eve, and they were hiding. Hmm. You know, He was asking them, you know, where where are you? You know, and they said, Hey, we 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 had you come in, and we hid because we are naked. And the next question He asked them is, Who told you? You know, uh, I told you you were naked. You have been listening to some, there's something that has happened that has given you that impression. And sometimes statements like this, when they're said, uh, sometimes do betray uh, that maybe we have been listening to um, maybe some other people. And really the world is one of the, the world does bring discontentment to Christians because whenever we look at the world and their standards, uh I feel like little wonder did Paul tell us in Romans chapter 12 that we should uh, not be conformed to the standards of the world. And the world does try to conform us to its standards, you mm. know. And so we start judging Christian guys just because they don't compromise, just because they don't say certain things or they don't flat with us the way perhaps the worldly guys would, you know. Uh, and when we begin to to judge them as not being boring. You know, I mean, there could be some stuff that worldly people do that are quite exciting, but they're not proper. Mm. Uh, and, and so I guess interrogating what we mean by boring, and if it's mm. really, uh, we're trying to apply the standards of the world and to our poor brothers, I guess we need to tell them we're sorry and make the necessary adjustments ourselves. But if it's just a guy who, every time they send you a text, they're just sending Bible verses. Then I guess you have a case. I guess maybe 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 you do have a point. And tell the brother, yo, do you know anything outside of the Bible? Maybe let's mm. let's hear that. Let's see anything you have. Mm. Uh, not that the Bible is boring, uh, but yeah, I guess some Christian guys maybe can be lazy. They expect us to do the uh, the wooing for them. They just. You know, they just need to be a warm body, but Jesus does all the work. I don't think it works like that. Mm. So yeah, Christian brothers, let's 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 dial up. Let's let's flex our muscles a bit on the on the issue. Let's the poor ladies, you know, they're they're getting bored. Do and, some and homework. I guess do some homework. You know, just do do your thing. Just mm. talk to some brothers, get ideas. Mm. Uh, but also the ladies could also make the necessary necessary adjustments. We might not match up with uh, Alejandro on TV. Mm. Or uh, some of this, uh, uh, what's the name? Leonardo DiCaprio. We might not necessarily be like that guy, mm. and uh, so we can dial down a little bit and accommodate uh, yeah, right. ordinary, ordinary human beings. You know, I was trying to look out for friends here who might leave very soon. Just to encourage them not to go. Frank Matov, don't go anywhere. Please stay. Those are the single men who are taking forever. Frank Matov, don't go. Don't leave the show. Samuel, stick around. Solomon. 
this is not against us. Um, Pastor Sam <laughs> is for us. Pastor Sam is for us. But, <laughs> you know, when, when we were talking about this question, and we're going to be concluding this very soon so that we can get into today's message, um, uh-huh. it's interesting how when someone says the statement, Christian guys are boring, at that point right there, there might be a distinguishing factor, and uh-huh. that's Christianity. And I think um, at that point, 75% of the times they are attacking the man's integrity. Uh, and, and I want to say the other 25% is guys who, who just have refused to think out of the box. And, and someone said once that maybe their, their box is so big, so the guy thinks he's outside the box, but the box is just too big. He's just talking about fasting and things like that only. <laughs> Not that anything of that kind is boring, but again, we, we need to. We need to. There are other meeting places apart from, apart from church. There are other meeting yeah. places. Though I met my wife the first time, we agreed to date at church, and uh, that was that was awesome. I look back and I don't regret any of the moments we we had together. But if if that's the case, I would like to play for us a song. One of the things that Pastor Samuel have mentioned is the conform the conformity to the world standards, and I think that's where the pressure comes in. That's where the pressure comes in. You look at social media, and there's this funny picture they're painting that everything is perfect. And we Christian girls sometimes look and we wish we were like those girls, um, uh, being loved, taken out uh, for dinners and all these things and wearing these revealing clothes and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and those things can be an idol. I'm reminded of uh, Philippians when he talks about us being his workmanship created in Christ's image. And uh, I did not a few days ago in my quiet time that it is therefore not ridiculous for God to expect holiness from us uh, because he's shaping us in the image of Christ. And he expected holiness from Christ, but also we cannot be, um, we can't shy away from suffering or being called names because the same happened uh, to our Lord Jesus Christ. Let me pray and then I'll ask uh, Pastor Sam to share with us from God's word. Father, we thank you uh, for this opportunity together as believers from across um, the country and even beyond to Kenya. We pray, Lord, as we learn from each other, that your word will come alive in our hearts once again, and that maybe there are areas we were willing to compromise on in the name of being cool and uh, appreciated by the world. Uh, We pray the Lord you continue to give us the confidence uh, to stand for you um, by putting you at the center of our lives because everything revolves around you, every decision that we make. We pray and commit our time before you. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor Son, you're welcome. Amen, amen. Um, hope you guys can hear me clearly. Yes. All right. Um, so uh, when I was asked to share... Uh, this week, I I did think about different things that we could talk about, but I chose that we begin by looking at a, an interesting passage of scripture in John chapter 2, the book of John chapter 2. And so if you have your Bibles, I'm going to give you uh, a few minutes to, to turn there. Uh, John chapter 2. Uh, it's, uh, it's a very... It's a story that we all know. You know, Jesus 
changing water into wine uh, in a wedding. Uh, I have gone to this story many times, uh, just thinking about it. But also, uh, quite recently, uh, I've been doing weddings and I, I went to this text because usually in the wedding liturgy, uh, we do mention that Christ gave uh, approval to we- to weddings, you know, and, and just marriage in general by attending a wedding in Kana. So I've been looking at this text and it's really interesting, some things that I saw in it. And I just wanted to begin our week, you know, looking at it. Um, so I'll read it says, um, on the third day, I'm using the NIV. On the third day, uh, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. And Jesus's mother was there. And verse 2 says, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. Uh, allow me to pause there for a minute. First of all, for a long time, I just used to think that Jesus went to this wedding because his mother was there. And I, I mean, I, I don't even know where I got this impression. I thought the only way Jesus was at this wedding, his mother was there. It's as if Jesus always tagged, you know, at, at his mother's dress. Uh, but when you read verse 2, clearly you see Jesus and his disciples had also been invited at the wedding. Jesus was invited. And um, I want to, I guess, give that as my first point. And I will have only three major points. Uh, in the short time that I have. And the first point would be, invite Jesus into your things. Uh, invite Jesus into everything that you do, including the relationships that you enter into. Invite Jesus. Let Jesus be invited personally uh, to be a part of it. Um, I don't know whether this couple knew uh, that, they, that, that, that one of the best things that will ever happen to their, to their wedding is that Jesus was there. And uh, the reason why I feel like it's such a powerful point, they invite Jesus into everything that you do, is because this life has got no guarantees. And we really do not know what lies ahead of us. Uh, This couple sure was glad in the end of their wedding that Jesus was invited. They were, I mean, it was, of all the guests that were in that wedding, I'm sure they were happy that Jesus was there. Of all the guests. Because none of them, at the end of the day, could have sorted them out the way Jesus Christ did. And so that's my first point. Um, Whatever you are involved in, uh, I know some of you are in relationships. Uh, I would say when you ask that girl out or when you enter into marriage with somebody, let Christ Jesus be involved or be invited. You know, uh, let him know everything that you're doing and let him be a part of that process. Uh, verse 3, allow me to continue, and I'm hoping that first point is makes sense to you. And we'll keep coming back to these ideas even as I move on. But verse 3 says, when the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. And verse 4, Jesus says, dear woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, and my time has not yet come. Well, commentators say that uh, in English it sounds as if Jesus was rude, but there was actually no rudeness at all in this phrase. Uh, what Christ was trying to say to the mother uh, was, hey, a time shall come uh, when there would be wine flowing abundantly without any end. And that time is not now, you know. And, 
but the mother was sort of is like, hey, you want me to do only what God has purpose to do or intends to do at the end of the age, you know, where wine will be flowing abundantly. Uh, but you want me to sort of do that right now. But what I like about uh, what happened next is <laughs> verse five, you know, the mother says to his servants, you know, do whatever he tells you. Like, yo, didn't you, didn't you hear what Jesus said? It's not, it's like, he's, he didn't want to do this thing right now. Um, and first of all, I found the power of intercession there, which brings me to my second point, which is really involve Jesus. I feel like it is one thing to invite Jesus. It's one thing to go to him and acknowledge him and, 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 and pay your respects to him and so on. But it's quite another to involve him and to take all problems to him and continue to knock on that door and, and, and continue to uh, sort of uh, insist on him to get involved and, in, and to intervene in everything that you're involved in. And that's what we really see here. Uh, on the one hand, the power of intercession. And I guess for some of you really wonder whether... Uh, the prayers of intercessions are important. And, and, and sometimes I wonder whether we do pray for other people at all or we do just pray for ourselves. I think it's C.H. Spurgeon who said that uh, intercession, the, the intercessory prayers, you know, are really the best kinds of prayers because they are the prayers of Jesus, you know. And then I think in Hebrews it talks about how Jesus ever lives to make intercession for us. He says that he's able to save to the uttermost all those who draw to him because he ever lives to make intercession for them. These are really the prayers of Jesus. But here we see Jesus' mother uh, interceding, in a sense, on behalf of this couple and saying, just get involved in their story. Just get involved. And allow me here to encourage you to pray for one another. Uh, you guys are friends, and maybe some of you know each other. Uh, let me challenge you to be praying for one another to be involving, let me use that word, involve Jesus into the lives of other people. Uh, if you are dating or you, your friend is dating, involve Jesus in the lives of those people. I feel like sometimes we do have uh, Christians fail, either in their marriages or in their relationships. A part of it is because we we, we do not pray for them. Uh, we, we, we neglect to pray for people. And, and, and our prayers are powerful. Look here how Jesus' mother's insistence that Jesus gets involved, it, it, it really moves the hand of Christ to do something, you know, for this random couple. Uh, so on the one hand, yes, let's invite Jesus, but let's also involve him. And this is not just about intercession. It's also about ourselves, you know, uh, don't depend on the intercessory prayers of others. You do also pray for yourself. Involve Jesus. Let Jesus know what your problems are, what your issues are. Uh, I have found it to be very helpful for me, especially within my own marriage. Uh, because I am a sinner and my wife is a sinner, we will we always do get into situations where we conf we have conflict, you know. And when conflict comes, it's so easy at the heat of the moment, you know, in anger to just open your mouth and say things. But uh, more and more I've learned to pose and, 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 and talk to the Lord first. 
and to process my thoughts in the Lord's presence. You know, and, and I have found a lot of pride in me. I have, uh, in the Lord's presence, you know, been challenged to, to introspect on my presuppositions and my expectations. And I've found, in a sense, you know, I was a shady guy in all this. You know, it sort of humbles you. And I'm able to come back to the negotiating table, you know, more humble and, you know, saying things better. I found that involving, involving Christ, rather than taking matters into my own hands, is has saved my marriage. And so, um, invite Jesus into everything that you do, including your relationship, but also get him involved. Get him involved in the highs, get him involved in the lows, you know. Be ever uh, going to him. Uh, because it doesn't matter who you are, uh, you, you can't do this on your own. And, and I don't think we were meant to live life on our own. <clears throat> it's, I think it's Psalms 127 that says, not unless the Lord builds a house, you know, the builders labor in vain. Not unless the Lord watches over a city, the watchmen, the stand guard in vain. That, I don't think it only applies to building a house or watching over a city. It applies into all the spheres of our lives. We weren't meant to do these things on our own. And God is ever waiting for us to involve him, you know, to engage him. Uh, to act on our behalf. And, and and I feel like we do live beneath our privileges sometimes. Whenever we insist on taking matters into our own hands or we try to shine or we try to, you know, uh, do things our own way, we live beneath our privileges. God wants to help us and he wants to be involved. I feel like our relationships or uh, our lives would be much better if only we did we involved uh, Christ more and more. Uh then uh, where where was I? Oh yeah, verse verse <clears throat> verse five. Jesus says to his sorry, uh, his mother says to the servants, "Do whatever he tells you." And I, and I wonder. Uh, I'm hoping that we are still together. Let me let me open my phone. It went on. Just want to make sure we're together. Yes, we are. Oh, awesome, awesome, awesome. All right. So verse five. His mother t- said to the servants, "Do whatever he tells you." And verse six. Nearby stood six water jars. The kind used by Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 75 to 115 liters. Verse 7 says, Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. And so they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw, draw, some, draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. And they did so. And the master of the banquet tested the water. Um that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. And allow me to repeat that sentence again. You know, the master of the banquet, the MC, he he did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who, who, who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, everyone brings out the choice wine first and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you... You, know, you you have saved the best till now. And I found that phrase to be very, very interesting. Everyone brings out their choice wine first. Uh, the MC here was, uh, I think, referring to a rule that was standard in those days. You know, everyone brought out their best wine first, you know, when the wedding was still... And new, and once people had started to get a little bit drunk, you know, uh, then you would bring out the cheaper wine, you know, the wine that was diluted, 
to keep the party going uh because the people are already drunk anyway and so i guess you can uh you can sneak in the counterfeit stuff and people i guess too high anyway uh, to understand what is going on and anyway the this diluted stuff would uh, make them not so high anymore um but it is interesting to think that this rule doesn't just apply to wine uh, in weddings it really applies to many other things in life everyone brings out their choice wine first and then the cheaper wine afterwards it this this rule applies to many other things you know it 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 probably goes uh, we call it differently you know in, in different things sometimes we we might call it like this we may say something like this you know to put your best foot forward you know uh, sometimes we do put our best foot forward and then after the people have accepted us and and so on we we now show show them our true colors you know uh, it's called uh, impression management we are all involved in this impression management circus in all spheres of life you know uh, here in kenya we do have things called matatus i don't know what you call them in uganda uh, this uh, buses the private uh, buses we call them matatus and here in kenya the, the the matatu guys they are very interesting because uh, whenever they want people to enter into their matatus or buses they are normally very kind to the customers oh they will stop anywhere to pick you up anywhere even if it's not the bus stage uh they will hold your hand they will tell you please come to our matatu you know they will try to play some nice music and so on but the moment you enter uh they bring out the cheaper wine you know they will blast the music so loud they will speak to you rudely where you say you want to alight they will say there is no stage there you will have to you know hey they can't stop anywhere and but picking you up they can stop anywhere but once you are inside oh they bring out a cheaper wine they don't care about you you know uh, they 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 tell you they don't have change i think you guys call it balance you know hey we don't have balance you know, so you have to wait until i reach the end of the where i'm going to get you your balance and so on and then you you come out of the whole experience feeling harassed uh that's just one area another area i feel uh, is really relationships you know people do put Uh, their best foot forward when they are wooing the girl oh the brother would be so nice they would bring out their best wine ah they will take you out for movies they will take you out for coffee dates or oh, candlelit dinners you will get called so many nice mushy names you know sugar plum munchkin and all those nice honey and so on wait until uh, you get married to that brother you know they will start all those nice names that used to be called go away and you now begin to get called baba boy or mama boy or i don't know what you guys say out there you know no longer do they open doors for you uh, no longer do they uh, you know uh, carry the luggage for you and so on you know people bring out their best wine first and then the cheaper wine afterwards it's like a universal rule Uh, for the ladies also the the same you do know, uh, that lady that you were dating oh i don't know what you saw in them perhaps it's just how they used to blink their eyes and blush perhaps it's just how soft their voice was very very soft voice uh, very nice and it serenades you you hear her and you just your knees they tremble and they quake 
wait until you get married. You ne- you, you didn't know they could raise their voice that loud. Hey. Uh the 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 best wine first and then the cheaper wine afterwards it's like a universal rule but the mc in this wedding noted something it's like hey everyone everyone does this but you have done something different now he was telling the bridegroom but you are an exception to this rule and the mc didn't know how this had happened which brings me to my third point remember my first point was invite second point was involve invite jesus involve jesus my last point also starts with an i but it goes with the word improve it's the word improve you know when you invite jesus in everything that you do including your relationships when you involve him that is the secret to improving that's the that's how that's how you get an exception to this rule of bringing out the best wine first and the cheaper wine after because in this wedding uh, not only did they have a good wine when they started but it it became better and the mc was i mean he he didn't know what to think about uh, oh, you are different that's all he could say you are different and for us christians if we want to become different if we want to uh, find an exception to this rule where people start off on a high having put their best foot forward and then just things become boring you know to use the word that david uh, introduced us to when we started this podcast if you don't want to get boring then invite and involve jesus i i believe jesus wasn't a boring character at all if you if you just read this story you know jesus made this wedding more lit uh, as it was coming to an end more than it was when it began you know and the mc was hey bra how is this even possible is jesus baby you invite him you involve him you will improve my friend you get better okay um and it says here that he did not know how this was possible but i'm glad that we do know how this was possible we know how this happened is because jesus christ was invited and involved and i'm hoping that in in all our relationships uh in everything that we undertake to do that we will constantly remember Jesus to invite him and involve him as the only way we'll get better and i believe Jesus is not boring and Jesus will show us ways you know to make everything that we are engaged in better and better certainly our relationships but even more our marriages only when he's invited and involved will we improve will um have men of the world come and tell us hey how come is down the line your marriage seems to be aging like fine wine What's the secret? Man, the secret is Jesus, my friend. Invite him and involve him. And so those of you who uh, I think have been having a casual relationship with the Lord, those of you who think Christianity is boring, I don't you need to self much deep it. You need to turn Jesus uh, better. And, and 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 I could never think of a man more uh interesting than our lord and our savior jesus christ suddenly i do not know anyone who can make any relationship get better than our lord and savior jesus christ and so i guess this is a challenge for us invite involve and you will see yourself improving all those boring questions will not be asked anymore thank you thank you so much uh pastor sam you talked about a couple of things and uh not that I ever got the first two points but when you came to cheaper wine um i think that's the best uh relationship advice i've had 
to improve. Um, and it's true. Uh, men do bring out the, 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 the expensive wine first. And at the end there, you begin to realize, hey, stuff is tight. This is not the, this is not the man I married. This is the woman I married. And uh, it's, um, we were talking about different context. Um, we did meet with a couple of married uh, couples over the weekend. And Grace and I returning in the car, we were just having a private conversation. And I said, Grace, I'm glad it's getting better. That when it, we were not at our best when we were starting out. And I think that's what it's supposed to be. Um, mm. Really, we should be getting better. We should be getting better. And I pray that you have been blessed for each one of us who is present. And uh, I, I believe I believe you have been blessed. I believe you have been blessed. If you have any questions, please go ahead and post them in the chat uh, for Pastor Sam to answer. If you have a difficult brother who is just not uh, happening, please go ahead and ask. You could ask for a friend as well. If you have a friend who has a friend, uh, go ahead and ask any questions. I think Pastor Sam is equipped uh, to be able to give us uh, some answers. But I'll ask a question for a friend. Um, maybe we will cover this, maybe we will not. And I believe we will because we're going to do purity part one and part two, and I'm sure this is going to come up. But when do you know this is fake wine, man? I need to go. I need to go when I still can. Um, especially if you're dating a gentleman uh, or a lady um, and uh, stuff, there, there's warning signs. Before the wine was good, they sounded, they sounded like they're Christians, but now they're saying John 3.16 is in the Old Testament. And you're realizing, hey, they were, this is not them. Uh, they're not the real deal. When, when, when do you know this is the time to go? Um, I mean, there are moments where you can say maybe the brother will grow, maybe the the the, the young lady will grow into their Christianity. Uh -huh. But when do you know this is not this is not this is water? This is water. This is not wine. <laughs> Pastor Sam, uh, I've, I've posted something there. Yeah, in in mm. in, in Kiswahili, we do have something in in church where we we, we laugh. You know, missionary dating we call it okoa oa. You know, where uh, to bring somebody to the Lord is called to Okoa, and then to marry someone is called Oa. You know, and and we don't want to recommend this sort of thing. You know, where you look at a brother, you're like, "Fuck, this guy is is a fake, is a fake guy." Uh, he, I thought he was a believer. Now I know he's not. Uh, I think I'm gonna disciple them into the Lord Jesus Christ because they are so fine and so handsome, and uh, so cool. And then uh, once the, I baptize them, then they're going to marry me. And I want to say the devil is a liar. I guess the moment your eyes have been opened, and, uh, and I think all relationships always start with us being uh, starstruck. You know, uh, we see either a lady or we see a gentleman, and we are starstruck by first impressions. And, uh, you know, you hear how they talk and it's so fine. Or you look at their gifts. Oh, and you're like, wow, that guy, how he plays the guitar. I could just, I could do anything to have a guy just serenade me with that guitar and sleep while they're at some nice music. But as I said, we're all involved in some sort of uh, impression management. We're all bring, bringing out our best wine first and cheaper wine afterwards the moment you you see the cheaper wine being brought uh, 
I guess we should not ignore should not ignore those signs. What you could do is uh, talk to a Christian, a more mature person that you trust, and you take the issue to them for perspective. You know, you could because usually. Uh, Whenever we don't um, seek advice or seek counsel, we subjectively write things off and be like, um, and then it ends up hurting us later on. I think you should look for somebody who's more objective, somebody more mature that you trust their judgment and their point of view and their Christian maturity. Christian maturity, and you can take the issue to them and say, "Hey, so my this dude, uh, we are seeing each other. I just noticed they this is what they do. This X Y Z." And I'm pretty uncomfortable about that, so I, I I thought I'd check it up with you. Well, you know, what do you think about it? Yeah, run it through uh, somebody else, get to hear what their objective view would be, um, and then perhaps raise raises up the issue with the person. Once you have ascertained that this is objective, you're not saying your own things, you're not being uh, petty. Raise it up with them and say, "Hey, uh, look, you normally do this thing." And I'm not down with that, you know, and, 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 and hey, what's up? Because I cannot be in a relationship uh, with you if, if this is your, this is your swag, mm. you know. Yeah. Um, and first decide uh, who we want to be right with. I would rather be right with the Lord and at odds with the world. Uh, rather be uh, at odds with my God and, you know, have the, the world love me. Uh, I want to side with God, even if the whole world does not side with me. When I'm on the side of God, I'm on the side of the majority, you know, and, and, and I can sleep at night. My conscience will be clear. So I guess you'll have to make a very radical decision whether you want that person more than you want the Lord. And especially if the thing that you're saying would put you at odds with, with your king. Yeah. And then, of course, there's that little thing that you need to think about of, hey, uh, I would get hurt later on if I ignore this. You know, if you love yourself, you know, just be willing, be ready to deny yourself some stuff. I think that's what Christ said. You know, anyone, if anyone must come after me, you must be willing to deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. I think Christians, we need to spend some time and and just meditate on that word, deny yourself. You know, there's a lot that we can learn from that. I don't think we deny ourselves enough. Yeah, so I could say that. Thanks. I mean, yeah, that, that's uh, that's a hundred percent true. When you, we, I, I had not even thought about that when I asked the question of running it by other Christians. But as you are speaking, I, I got reminded of uh, the friends we sometimes surround ourselves with, um, and that can be dangerous, especially when you're going to take that step of running an issue uh, by those who are in your circles. And I usually tell people, I mean, there were, there were 10 virgins, five were wise, <laughs> five, five were foolish. And I wanted to Stay say up, that, yeah, yeah when, those, when those five foolish virgins gathered and they said, let's spend our oil, they, that was their world. And, and, and according to them, they think everyone is foolish. Um, yeah. but where there were five foolish virgins, there was five wise ones. And so let, let's just be careful what group we go to uh, for advice. One group may say the bridegroom is not coming, let's spend the oil. But let's, yeah. let's just be careful as, uh, as we seek uh, advice from, from friends and work at it. Yeah. Work at it. Find yeah, friends sure. who 
biblically wise. And you begin to yeah. understand that uh, there are Christians out there who are committed uh, to integrity, who are committed to holiness, and that purity mm. is possible. Mm. That That's what I would add uh, to what Pastor Sam is saying. Well, guys, we have come to the end of our show tonight. Let me remind us that uh, Wednesday is coming. We'll be We'll be, we'll, be, we'll be back with part two and then part three of our topic. But Pastor Sam, what are we looking forward to this coming Wednesday? Just give us a snapshot of what's coming up on Wednesday. So uh, on Wednesday, we, we'll jump into a very hot topic, this whole issue about sex and, uh, and looking at, I guess, placing sex in its uh, proper context. And the, the reason I felt like we it's a topic we need to go into is because... Um, I feel like sex is really a big thing in society today. Uh, it's or, I mean, or to use another word, it, it has been tri- uh, trivialized. It has been trivialized. And uh, I, I'm thinking that as Christians, we need to come together and really talk about it and hopefully find where, you know, or where we need to put it. Um, and I'm hoping that we can have some real talk you know, we can look at the world, we can look at uh, some of the stuff that we hear, and we can look at what the Bible says, and we can at least try to recalibrate uh, ourselves and our perspective so that we can line up more with the scriptures, uh, as unpopular as that might be in, in, in the world today. You know, because the world today is overly sexualized, and, and I guess we need to... Um, pause and recalibrate ourselves so that's what we're going to be doing hopefully on wednesday and also on friday yeah i'm looking forward to it and i'm hoping you are too let's talk about sex well ladies and gentlemen we've come to the end of our show let me remind us that uh, in about maybe six or eight days or less than eight days we are going to be launching our website, cabindevils.com. If you'd like to be among those who would know that it's live, go ahead and visit the page right now. You'll be given an option to sign up and uh, be a member of Cabin Devils officially. All members who have signed up with their email addresses will be getting live updates um, of what will be happening within the week and the previous episodes coming to them right in their inbox. We are planning on developing new material, not just podcasting. Uh, great stuff is going to be happening. And so go ahead and sign up. Let me also just celebrate with you or allow me to or celebrate with us. I know before we went offline, Grace and I were expecting. And yes, praise the Lord, we got a little bouncing boy. His name is Joe Samuel. Look at that. Sam is his name, actually. Wow. <laughs> Joe Samuel. Uh, wow. To be Because you guys are faithful listeners and you stuck around, I'll tell you why. Is Joe Grace's father uh, was called Joseph, and so he's named after uh, Grace's father. But uh, we also know that uh, uh, Grace's mom used to call Grace's father Joe, not necessarily Joseph, in as much as his official name was Joseph. And so that's how he ended up being Joe. But Samuel, because we prayed and God gave him to us, the Tuvida part, he had no option. That's uh, for every family member. That's their name. But yeah, that's that's him. And uh, we are glad that he's here with us. Um, we've had to pull some moves, put cushions all over the doors so that you don't hear him crying. But it's generally peaceful, generally peaceful, I would say. But again, thank you guys for, for, for joining. And uh, we'll see you again on Wednesday. Allow me to leave you with this beautiful song 
that uh, we were listening to, clear the stage, clear the stage. And uh, I pray that you'll be back on Wednesday. Please go ahead and invite your friends. I'll use the words of uh, Pastor Sam, invite your cousin, your uncle, <laughs> in-laws uh, to be with us uh, this coming Wednesday and Friday. Once again, thank you so much for being here for Cabin Divorce. Hope to see you again. If you're going to listen to a podcast before you go to before bed, you go to, you go to bed, you can as well grow in your faith. Cabin Devils, your number one live podcast. Every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 9 p.m. East African time.